Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Yet again, here we go. Josh, how you doing, my friend? Yet again. Dude, I'm doing great. I missed it. Uh, I know too, we've been actually. off for a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I missed uh, I missed talking with you. I miss talking about you when you're present. <laughs> I talk about you a lot when you're not in the room, but that's Thanks, a different man. kind of talk. Uh, I miss talking to the people that listen to our podcasts. I miss right. looking into you know God's recorded word together. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited I mean, to dive in. Dude, it's the only time you read your Bible is when we do this, and you should. Uh, it's I mean, true. Talked about it, like you should think about reading in the off days, the non-recording days. Um, but you know, one, one day a week is solid. You joke about that, but <laughs> but it's like, and this is an old statistic. I probably heard this like over a decade uh-huh. ago. Um, yeah. But it's like seventy percent of pastors don't spend time with Jesus reading their Bible outside of sermon prep. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that's a pretty high number. Well, you be and I were talking. If anyone's done the research. I know, I know today uh, people were doing this during the workday, and Josh and I only have like a limited amount of time today. So last night you called me, and we were just catching up on life because it had been too long, and Josh had been on a cool family trip, and I had been on a trip. And anyway, so it was over a week since we recorded, but. Dude, I don't know exactly the, well, I know the context, but I'm not going to share it of like how it came up, but just like the reality of, of all the, all the good and all the lives changed and and real relationships with Jesus formed through messed up local churches. It's like astounding. Like just that God works through the local church so effectively, even with all its flaws, you know, like, I don't know. He's still, yeah. he's just good. Well, so it's, he's like, I don't care. It, <laughs> I'm working through it. And I told you this quote, but um, even with, um, you know, the, the screwed up churches and, and poor leaders that exist, like if you don't believe in God, um, that should probably be a, a sign that God does exist for the fact that his church still exists. And a lot of broken totally. people leading them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, sorry, I wasn't trying to take us like too deep, too quick. I know we typically keep it a little bit light at the front end. <laughs> Dude, anything uh, anything wild happened on your trip to Phoenix? Uh, I know, yeah, like it looked like you rented out. You're, you have a huge family, so it sounded like you rented most of a theater just to see a movie. And they had some uh, conflict. Oh, that's and right. I forgot about that. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. We didn't really have any top, you know, conflict with Top Golf. We get along pretty well, so I just <laughs> good, did it good. for the the uh, reaction on the Instagrams. But um, yeah, we did talk. Now, my weekend, I was in Arizona, uh, in the middle of Phoenix, uh, Paradise Valley area, and it was. I don't know where this phrase came from because it doesn't make any sense to me. But it was hot as balls. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess balls are hot. I'm not really sure, uh, but it was hot as hell. Is what it really was. <laughs> Uh, it was like 110 minimum while we were there. Um, That's it might terrible. Have been less than that, but That's for the horrible. sake of you know, dramatizing the story, it was no less than 110 the entire wow. time. Wow. Um, so yeah, we hit up Top Golf early in the morning. Um, well, as early as you can do Top Golf, uh, right. 11 which is fine. Um, yeah, like 
you didn't realize how miserably hot it was outside till you went back inside. Uh, and you're like, oh, man, this is what air conditioning feels like. Okay. Uh, and they have, like, the yes. fans and misters blowing. But, yeah, it was it was pretty warm. Uh, it was, okay. a, like, okay. let's get you ready for the week, and it's going to be a hot week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then we tried golfing in in real life, not just at Top Golf. Uh, and my brother and I made it to nine holes, and then we're like, we're so done. Like, I, I don't want anything to do with being out here any longer. Uh, yeah. But my dad and my other brother and my two nephews, they they knocked it out. They did the whole 18. Wow. I was assuming we'd be at the hospital later that night for heat stroke. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that brother lives in Phoenix. My dad and nephews live in Southern California. It gets pretty hot there as well. So maybe they're just used to it. And my brother and I are pansies, and we just can't pull it off anymore. But yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, we went home in a, to the nice air-conditioned house, and it was a rental, you know, an Airbnb rental. So, you know, all thermostats were set to 65 um, because I'm totally. not paying the bill. The whole time. Uh, yeah. You had to find all the thermostats. It's a big house. So there's like, I don't know, seven or eight of these stupid things. Wow. Yeah, that <laughs> but once you found like them all and set them all. like compound. Man. That's what it was called on the uh, on the um, Airbnb listing. It's like something, something compound. Um, nice. But no, it was cool. This is the first family vacation we've done in a long time. They were all at the same place, like all together. Usually oh, wow. we're in hotel rooms. Um, yeah. And when you're in hotel rooms, like we have a lot of young kids in the family. So one of the parents are with the kids in the hotel room all the time. Totally. Um, and you just don't get to see everybody like we got to see everybody this time around. So a lot of yeah. late night conversations and, you yeah, know, spur yeah. them on, whatever. We didn't have a ton of plans going into the week. Uh, kids were in the pool probably, I would say, 98% of the time. Um, nice. They were just swimming. but. It's a good trip. Uh, yeah, it was a great trip. It was good to get away. Yeah. My uh, my dad texts us all after the fact. Um, he was like, you know, I was reflecting on the week as I was unloading my car. Uh, and I'm just really glad and we're blessed as a family that, you know, we could spend a week together. And afterwards, we still want to spend more time together. Um, yeah. So that's always yeah. that's always one of the things. He's like, yeah, we, we do have a good family because that's not the norm for most people. They're ready to go home and get no. away from people. But we could have did it for another. That's week. awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we had our trip to Ohio, um, which was just like a four-day long weekend thing. But we went to this place called Hocking Hills, which, man, Josh, like I grew up right beside it, and I had no idea how awesome it was. I never explored yeah, your there pictures growing up. Dude, like I felt like I was in the Pacific Northwest, like some crazy place. And it's like, it's so weird because yeah. you'll just be driving, and it looks like rolling hills, like farmland of Ohio. and then all of a sudden you're on a hiking trail and it's like this beautiful place, you know, like it was just, it was awesome. Like huge sandstone cliffs, like all kinds of crazy caves. Like it was just, it was real cool. So we had a really good time. And for, for the first time in a long time, we ended up, uh, we were at two cabins instead of one big house, like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really good for, for this trip. But, you know, normally when we get together, it's as a family, like once a year at the beach and then probably over like Christmas or Thanksgiving. Um, And we always get one big place when that happens. But it just worked out that we had to get up and get into. And I totally see what you're saying. Like, it was good because we have a ton of small kids, but, you know, missing out on some of those conversations that happen otherwise. But anyway, man, it was still great to be with my side of the family and so cool to see my daughter and daughters get to know some of their cousins they haven't seen for a little while, um, especially with COVID. 
you know, so it was, it was great, man. It was a lot of fun. I think we'd go back there for sure. Um, and yeah, dude, nice way to spend a weekend exploring some place that I should have, if I knew I would have gone probably like 50 times <laughs> when I was in high school. Yeah. So anyway, hindsight's 2020. Yeah, cool. man. I am stoked to be back though. I miss talking to you too. And uh, I don't know. It's good for us to take a week off every now and again, whether we have to for travel or not. Cause I feel like I get the energy back up, you know, around this, but dude, I'm excited to dive into Galatians six. I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. Galatians six. Yeah. Uh, it's that time of year where, you know, traveling is the norm. Um, so mm-hmm. if you just found our podcast uh, and you got a road trip ahead of you, uh, you should go back and listen to some older episodes and we catch up with us, uh, whether it's the Galatian series or you can go back to what the heck was it before this parables or loving people. Jesus well, habits. as we went through first Corinthians 13. Yeah. You go to the beginning where Jesus habits and um, you can get my theology on swearing. That's 100% correct as though people like to disagree <laughs> with me. Um, uh, they can't argue from a theological standpoint that they're right. So uh, yeah, you can go back and take a listen to that one. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I think we talked, did, did we, we talk about it? drinking at one point? I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, we don't Booze, get a lot of, in, I don't get a lot of feedback. The most feedback I probably get. That's right. That was a good title. Um, I don't get a lot of feedback from people on that uh, as much as I get from feedback on, uh, my views on cursing. Uh, and yeah. really it's only three people that have ever said anything about it. Um, you know, <laughs> typically their family. Um, and they, yeah, they're just, they're wrong, unfortunately. And they think that they're right, but they have no way to stand on theology to make it right. Um, because Did my each theology of them sound. start with the phrase, how dare you, Josh, how dare you? No, no, it usually starts <laughs> with someone cursing and saying something. Uh, and then someone else getting offended by it and correcting them, saying you're not allowed to say that. And I said, you haven't listened to my podcast, have you? And they go, no, I have. And I disagree with. And I was like, well, tell me why you disagree. Let's have a conversation. I, have it. I think and you're wrong. usually don't have it. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they try to use the same verses that I use to defend their position. And I was like, well, you know, if you listen to my podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. All, all in good fun. We can agree to disagree, uh, even though yeah. you're wrong. And when you get before Jesus, you'll you'll realize it. I have a, I've had other people too um, make comments about that and be like, "Man, I've never thought of it that way." Because uh, really, what it comes down to is it becomes sin when you use those words against people, right? Like I'm trying to yeah. demean or devalue. Um, yeah. Like that would be my line where you're now in the in the world of sin. Before that, it's just language, uh, maybe not yeah. language that you want to use in all situations because it's offensive language to some people, but offending people is not sin. Um, right. And that's kind of where we land on a lot <clears throat> to, to catch you right. up for those that uh, haven't had a chance to listen to episode. I don't know. It's probably like three or four. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty early on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, actually that's a question for you, Andrew. What yeah. has been your favorite episode that we've done or most impactful episode we've done or series? If you can't pinpoint a single mm. episode. Uh, and as I ask this question, just all transparency, yeah. I'm pulling up our list right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have had it uh, up as well. I remember, mm. man, what was the name of episode three that we did? I Episode three? 
Okay, it was, and it's way back there. I only say that because big booming voice. Talk about God speaking. Maybe yes or shame. Big no, big booming voice. That was my first favorite. Uh, I've had a lot of great moments since then. That was my first favorite because that was the episode where you and I had like. We, I think we did three or four, two or three before this, at least, like some that you can't find anywhere and some that are actually out there still, um, episodes. And you and I decided, like, who are we talking to, you know? And this is like, that was the oh, first episode where we that, recorded and we, we kind of realized, like, okay, like, we are here because there's a lot of people who have, like, been in the church and are starting to fall away from Christianity or, like had an amazing youth group experience and now like hardly identify as Christian at all and don't have any real yeah. relationship with Jesus. And it's like, how do we have like a real podcast that can reach people in a regular way, but hopefully with powerful examples of what uh, a regular Jesus life, regular but transformational uh, life with Jesus is about. And I just remember finishing that episode then like listening back to it later that week or the next week and just feeling like, man, we figured it out. Like that meant something that was so worthwhile, you know? So hmm, that, cool. uh, yeah, that was my first favorite. That, that's what sprang to mind. What about you, man? Do you have one? I don't know, I'm looking through the list. I don't know if I have a favorite episode. I think we had a lot of really good episodes um, coming through the, the love other series. So first yeah. Corinthians 13, yeah. as we kind of dissected that and, um, totally. Talk from a practical standpoint, you live it out. Um, I think that's probably like where our podcast started to make. I don't. It's not, it wasn't a shift, but it, the podcast started to theme around an idea, um, and the idea of you know our our lives are to love God and love people, and to foster relationship with God and yeah. foster relationship with people, and we find the sanctification or change of heart uh, in our own lives when we foster relationship with God. Um, rather than us trying to do it on our, all our own. I think that's where um, that conversation started. Um, yeah. But the God series too, like mm-hmm. um, I forgot about these until we were, we redid the website and I was looking at them again, but like, is your God big enough? Is he in control? Is your God good? Is your God faithful? Those are all really yeah. good ones. Yeah. And um, that was like yeah. uh, 14 or 13 through 17. Yeah. Um, that was solid. Dude, it's been a year. Yeah, I don't know. We've if been it's been a little over a year at this point, and it's kind of wild. Well, this is but episode fifty-three. Wow! Like, Looking in the mirror, I like the title you put on there. Yeah, yeah. Episode fifty-three. I mean, I was cautiously optimistic, but I had no idea when we started. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe it'll go forever. Maybe it's it'll funny. go like a month. It's funny. I'll know. talk. I'll talk with people. Uh, if you don't know and you're listening to this podcast, uh, Andrew and I don't live in the same state, not even the right. same sides of the country. Um, and so there's a lot of people I know that listen to the podcast that don't know Andrew personally. There's some people that do listen that know Andrew and I both, right. um, but they talk about you like they know you um, so cool. because you know, <laughs> listen to you for, for 52 uh, episodes or whatever. And it's always yes. weird to be like, and they like have opinions about you. Even not like weird opinions, but like, I don't think Andrew would say that or like, oh, Andrew wouldn't do that. Or, oh, that, that makes awesome. sense. Andrew would totally be that person, um, which <laughs> is always awesome, funny dude. to me. 
I feel like, that oh, way about podcasts like, I listen man. to, though. I'm like, yeah, I know these people. I don't, but I feel that way. I get it. Uh, You'd be like, oh, I could totally sit down and have a beer with that dude. I don't drink beer, but mm-hmm. have a beer with that dude and like catch up on life. Um, I listen to a, a hockey podcast pretty religiously. Most of their episodes, uh, I, yeah. I catch and I'd be like, oh, I'd, I'd watch hockey games with these guys. It'd be, yeah. it'd be pretty entertaining. And it reminds you of like the good old hockey days. Like they're still living it to some extent. So like they have, you know, the locker room talk and like you're constantly jabbing at your friends um, because mm-hmm. it's fun and entertaining. Uh, and you're like, oh, I miss those days. The good old days yes. of, of hockey. Yes. But, totally. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, cool. we love you guys. Well, speaking of all our great episodes. Listening. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. And speaking of all of our great episodes, let's talk about another great episode, uh, which is going to be episode yes. 52, which we've quickly named looking in the mirror. Uh, but let's be honest, that could change between the now and the time that we post it. Uh, yeah. and it might have nothing to do with what we talk about today. And that's why we ended up changing the name, but we're in Galatians chapter six, uh, probably just the first, first half of it. Uh, before we get to, you know, verse 11, which is see, see these large letters I use as I write in my own hand, um, which I was telling Andrew before we got on the podcast, how cool would it be to see the original, uh, with Paul's actual handwriting, because all of Paul's letters, for the most part, majority of letters, there are parts like this um, here in Galatians that Paul wrote, but um, are all written by a scribe. So someone else actually wrote it, and Paul just told him to write it. But um, it'd be cool to see his own hands. But we're in Galatians chapter 6, uh, verses probably 1 through 10. We'll see how far we get. We may stop and change it up. Um, who knows? Um, 7... 8, 9, 10 are actually a little bit different than the first part, so we might make that another episode. But you'll just have to come back next week or finish listening to this episode and then come back next week uh, to see where we end up. We don't really know. Um, we don't typically read the whole chunk of Scripture. Um, I know we say that every week, uh, and we end up actually do reading the whole thing. Um, but we try not to because we want you to spend time with Jesus um, reading his recorded word. Um, so spend some time yourself reading, you know, Galatians 6, um, if you need to pause this episode, thank you, technology, um, that you can do that. Go spend some time with Jesus and then come back and, and see if you and I are, and Andrew are on the same page. And if not, that's great. Share with us what, what God did tell you. We'd love to hear it. Uh, you can email us at uh, hello oh, yeah. at com. Um, we love to read those stories and, and just hear what God's doing in your life um, and not just what God's always doing in our lives. Um, because, hey, we know he's at work with you as well um, as you foster a relationship with Jesus. And that's why you're reading God's word is you're fostering a relationship with Jesus. It's conversation. It's the start of conversations. There's going to be things that jump out that you need to you know, pause and have a conversation with Jesus about um, and and dig into those things um, and do that. But if you're just reading it for inf- information or to check it off a to-do list, I'm telling you, you're going to be highly disappointed and probably stop the habit um, because it's just not going to be helpful to you. That's not what it was designed for. It's living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts the bone and marrow straight to the heart. Um, we want God's word, which Jesus is described as God's word, right? The word of God in, in John one um, one. Um, so we know that this is a direct correlation or direct connection. And this just happens to be when what we call the Bible, the recorded word of God. Um, it's not the entirety because Jesus is bigger than just these recorded words. But I say all that to say this, let me read these verses. That's all I had to say. Uh, Galatians chapter six, six, starting with verse one. 
um, Andrew wanted me to use a different word here, uh, his Bible, because he reads the NSB, <laughs> NASB because he's much smarter than I am. Uh, Whatever. It says brethren. Uh, I'm in the NIV as I read this. It's brothers and sisters. And he wanted to get really specific on what he meant by men. Uh, and I just thought that was inappropriate and probably <laughs> oh, sinful. Did you? Oh, did you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't hit record before we, uh, <laughs> we're ready. Yeah, there's always a portion of this that we do not want everywhere. So, yeah. (laughs) No, no. Uh, But here it is. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, in a sin, uh, you uh, who live by the Spirit, meaning those that follow Jesus, uh, should restore them, that person, harshly with a lot of shame and rebuke. Um, No, that's not what it says. It says you you should restore that person gently. Um, but watch yourself or you may also be tempted carry each other's burdens. And in this way you will uh, fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks that they're something that they're not, um, they've deceived themselves. Um, each one should test their own actions, then take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Ooh, that's a hard one Uh, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, um, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whatever sows to please their flesh, the flesh will reap destruction. Whatever sows to please the spirit, the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for the proper time. Um, We will reap a harvest uh, if we do not give up. Therefore, um, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Um, Before Andrew, I think Andrew's tending to his little one, um, I'll give my first thoughts on on really the two different sections that are playing out here. I guess there's, man, there's a lot of different things we can pull out. We'll just start at the beginning and work through it. Um, the reality of, of, of verse one, um, is someone caught in sin and those who live by the spirit should restore that person gently, um, is sin doesn't go away. Uh, when the church, um, comes together, uh, sin doesn't go away. When a Christian comes to know, when a a person comes to know Jesus as our Lord and savior and becomes a Christian, um, like sin's still a part of the picture and it will continue to be a part of the picture until, uh, the coming of Christ and we get our full new bodies and sin is completely um, destroyed and removed from, from humanity as you know, under the new heaven and new earth. Um, so sin's still around. So the reality is you're going to keep sinning. I'm going to keep sinning. Andrew's going to keep sinning probably more than both of us, but he's going to keep sinning and the rest of humanity is going to keep sinning. Um, it's a part of the, the world. Now the beautiful part of those that follow Jesus and call Jesus Lord um, is your sin has been forgiven. It's been taken care of. Um, and you get to live in, in the freedom that that provides you. Um, but sin still causes destruction. It's still around. Um, I think too often for us as Christians is we like to do what verse four is talking about. 
Uh, we like to compare ourselves to someone else. And we like to think, well, our sin's not as bad as your sin, just so I feel better about myself because deep down I probably don't feel good about myself anyways. Um, yeah. Because unfortunately that's just the plight of humanity right now. Um, probably it's always been this way. We just see it because social media is all around us. But um, oftentimes we go, well, your sin's worse than my sin. So um, I get to be an ass. I get to be a jerk. Uh, I get to uh, put you down and make you feel less than, uh, devalue you because your sin's worse than my sin. In all reality, all sin is destructive. Um, and sin, destructive sin, continue to be practiced will destroy um, not just your lives, but the lives of those around you. It's going to have an impact. Um, our sin's not any worse than your sin. Sin is still sin. It still creates separation between us and God. Um, and I think that's where we find ourselves oftentimes is, well, I've put like these certain sins in a certain category um, that they're just, they're horrific sins. And because I don't struggle with them, I can, I can point them out um, and, and take shots at people because of it. Um, oftentimes from a place of pride, uh, a place uh, that I lack humility, thinking I couldn't fall into those sins myself. Um, and that's where you end up in those places. Um, but sin is present. Sin's present in your life. It's present in my life. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given us a way out of that, um, that we get to walk in relationship with you, find forgiveness in the midst of those times, um, but also find um, more and more freedom um, from those things in our life as we walk with you and you change our hearts, our minds, and, and how we live this life. Uh, but I think the next part of that verse is, is important, and it should be talked about, and that's those who live in the spirit, those who walk with Jesus should restore that person. It's important to restore people that have, have fallen into sin um, because sin is destructive. We want to address it. We want to address it in relationship. We want to address it in great love and we want to address it gently. And I think yeah. gently is a really key word here um, because so often, because we think we have truth on our side, we feel like, well, we can just bring the hammer down. I don't know about you, but if you've ever hammered a nail in, uh, gently hammering a nail uh, into a piece of wood is not going to work. <laughs> right. Right. So bringing the hammer down on somebody is the opposite of gentle. Um, yeah. Gentle would be trying to help them understand where that sin comes from. What's the root of that sin? Um, walk with them with Jesus as you help pulling a lot of those things out uh, of their life, or at least bringing it to light so Jesus can deal with it. Um, would be gently helping them through those sins, um, not controlling them, not trying to manipulate them, not shaming them, um, not the position that, that we play into. We just want to gently identify, uh, gently let them know, hey, what you're doing I think is causing destruction um, in your life. Um, and even with the word sin, and I'm, this is just the top of my head, and I'm going to be really careful in saying this because I think you can take this completely the wrong direction. Um, I think it would probably be better to talk about the destruction that that sin is causing rather than just calling the sin out. Right. Um, I'm not saying like, just don't use the word sin, um, because sin is still sin. But, um, I, I think there's a way in how you present it to people that can be gently and actually fruitful, um, rather than, Hey dude, like you're living in sin right now. And like, here's all the bad things are going to happen to you. And like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, 
right. probably not the gentle response that we want to have. Um, but if I'm coming in saying, Hey, like, do you notice how this is changing this perspective? Or do you notice how um, this is affecting this relationship? Or do you notice how um, you seem more and more distant from the church and from Jesus and church? When I say the church, the community of believers um, and Jesus um, and you know how it's kind of pulling you or putting a divide here. Um, I think focusing on those things is a lot more important than uh, labeling something sin. Um, though it is sin, though we can't change that. Um, right. And, you know, we need to call it what it is. But at the same time, there's a way to gently do it um, that I think will actually bring fruit of it. Um, and I think oftentimes as long as love for that person is the key um, motivator rather than pursuit of truth, um, I think you're going to be okay in being gentle of helping them restore um, what has been broken um, because of the sin that's active in their lives. Um, and the same goes for you, right? Like as you look at it, how would you want to be? Oh, I think that's, is that the great commandment? I can't remember. Um, do it as you want to be treated. Is it love yourself? Is it love others? Do you love yourself? That's weird how Jesus works those things out. Um, but that's the reality of it. I know I'm being stupid, but that's the reality of it, right? Like, put yourself in the dude's, the sinful dude's shoes. How would you like to be restored? Um, and in all reality, if you really yeah. thought about it, you don't want to keep sinning in that way, even though you may like it, even though you may enjoy it, you also understand the destruction that comes from it. Um, so you don't actually want to stay in it. Um, but there's a way that, um, you could be gently, uh, prodded that you could be gently reminded, um, that mm-hmm. someone in great love coming to you with great care wants to address it with you. Um, there, there's a way to look at it from that perspective. And I think you're gonna be a lot better at gently restoring people, um, rather than trying to just bring the hammer in because truth is on your side. You feel like you, you can take the gloves off and that's not the case. Man, that's, that's a lot of good stuff. And as you were, as you were going and as you were reading these verses, well, let me just back up. The thing that I was thinking about most reading these verses is that right at the very beginning in that first chunk, it's like, Hey, when you catch somebody in sin, uh, it doesn't say, it doesn't go on to immediately say, good job. Like, well done, you know, catch everybody, make them feel bad, kick them out, like make it super exclusive. No, it's like, no, when you catch somebody in sin, next thing that they say is first examine yourselves. Um, like what? <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, hey, get on your high horse, make them feel bad, kick them out of the church, get them out of the community. No, it's like when you catch somebody in sin, the very first thing you should do is examine yourselves so that you don't begin to fall into sin yourself. Um, and, and probably a lot of that is around pride and that reaction that can mm-hmm. come of like, see, you were the monster I thought you were. See, blah, blah, blah. Like whatever, yeah. whatever those thoughts might be. But I was just thinking, man, like the, you know, in, in practice, like we all, I think everybody who's an adult uh, or close to an adult listening to this, you can probably think back on your childhood. If you want an example, that's not too harsh and think of like when you were taking a can uh you know candy from the counter or a cookie from the cookie jar or something fairly innocent and got caught you know and it's not this like horrible life-changing thing but it's like you know that when you're the one doing the thing you shouldn't do and you know it and you know 
Mom walks around the corner and catches you reaching into the cookie jar. There's a moment where you just freeze and go, oh, no. <laughs> like, I was caught. Whether you're a child or whether you're an adult and and somebody else catches you in an act that you don't want to be seen in, you know, that, that you believe to be sin or that is sin, um, and you get caught in the moment. And it's like, that's let's just be real. It's a bad feeling to get caught because it's like we, if you're sinning, odds sure are good. Uh, you know it. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I know there's this whole classification of, of sin theologians talk about of like the unintended sin, but hey, there's plenty to go around of the intended stuff. So let's yeah. just focus on that. <laughs> you know, like yeah. things you know well, too, you like, shouldn't be doing that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And even carrying that along to so like carrying each other's burdens in the midst of this, like, if yeah. you're going to address sin in somebody's life, you got to walk with that person and help them carry what's going on. Um, like you don't yeah. get to just drop a bomb and walk away. Like that's not gentle. That's not yeah. what Paul's describing here. Um, and right. in all reality, like going on with what Andrew's saying, like shame is is a, a powerful tool of the enemy to attack mm-hmm. your identity. Right? Yeah. Ooh, there's another there's another you know preacher moment. Uh, it's right. a powerful tool of the enemy to attack your identity. Um, and oftentimes that's where you like, there's a, there's an article or there's a situation. The news articles are are circling right now. Um, I think I want to say it was in Colorado, but I could be wrong. I didn't really read the whole thing. I'll be honest. Most of my news comes just from headlines. Um, (laughs) but there's a, uh, a father killed his son. Uh, his son was like 12, 13. He wasn't that old. Um, because his son found a video of him. Um, taking part in one of his creepy fetishes, which I think was eating poop. I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh I don't know. But it was something around poop. It was weird, right? <clears throat> it is what it is. Right. Um, but like what shame did in that moment for that man um, was eliminate uh, the potential mm-hmm. of being like exposed. Right. And in that case, it went as far as he's going to, take a life and not only taking a life, but he's taking his child's life. Like he's the one that brought it into the world. Um, Like I say all that say this shame is powerful. It's extremely powerful in people's lives. Um, So you want to be really gently and, you know, gently restoring that person doesn't mean you just let them continue to live in destruction of their life. Like that's not loving them. Well, we want to still speak truth into the life, but there's a good way of speaking truth and a bad way of speaking truth in a way that's going to help um, them not um, walk in shame. And there's going to be other, you know, that they're going to walk in, in the freedom that's found in the gospel. Um, but a lot of that is you're going to carry the burdens of that individual. And you're going to walk with them. And if you're not willing to do that, then you probably should just keep your mouth shut because you're not going to be helpful to anybody. Um, like you're just going to let the shame bomb go off and you might die. I'm just, just saying if the article plays out, you know, your life plays out the same way that it played out in this guy's, you, he might just kill you. I don't know. Uh, if the, if the mm-hmm. sin's that devastating. <laughs> so yeah. from a selfish yeah. reason for your own benefit, be willing to walk yeah. away and just keep your mouth shut. Uh, you know, carrying burdens is a, is a hard life, but it's the life that Jesus called us to, um, to walk mm-hmm. with one another and help carry those burdens. Um, and if, if we're not willing to do those things, you're not being helpful and you're not being gentle in calling out sin and other people. If you're not willing to walk with them, um, in the midst of that sin and help them find ways out of that sin. And a lot of it is digging deep into just their past and their life of why is this mm-hmm. the practice that you're constantly going back to like what is causing this what um 
lack of satisfaction or, or past hurt and pain or ways to try to grab control. Like there's always an underlying reason that we're ending back up in sin. Um, yeah. And oftentimes that's how Jesus digs those habitual sins out of our lives is deals with mm-hmm. the past that is causing us to run to those things, those sins. Um, yeah. And as a follower of Jesus, you got to walk with people through that. Yeah. Yeah, and let me just, before you go too far down the walking with people side, like that, the big point I was trying to make at that, like when you catch somebody, the first thing to do is examine yourselves. Um, and it's counterintuitive, but like if you, even if you just take it out of the sin context and say at work, if an employee keeps showing up late and you've corrected them and talked with them and, and it keeps happening, well, the first thing to do is examine yourself. Uh, before correcting them again. And it's like, well, but it's a small thing. They know they were late six times. Like we've talked about it once already. It's like, yeah, you're probably going to be angry and on your high horse and feeling superior (laughs) to somebody else if you're not careful. And you have the chance in those moments to, to have your tongue be like death, you know? Like you you have the chance to annihilate a relationship really hurt a person, um, say something that you wish you could take back every time you see them. Um, those are the moments where you have the chance to choose, like, am I going to live in the kingdom and how I correct this person or, and how I handle this, or am I going to like boost my pride for a moment and, and feel good myself by feeling superior because I caught somebody doing something they shouldn't do. Um, it's just life and death moments, you know, and back to like the, the reason we're doing one of the big reasons we're doing this podcast is to reach people who probably had some of those like death moments where they like grew up in the church and like got to know Jesus and had some awesome experiences with them. And then like the people just, uh, just burned them out where leaders let them down. Uh, peers, you know, stabbed them in the back in moments when they were young and they didn't see it coming. Um, they, they heard about church scandals and they see, oh, there's just, they're filled with all these people that act one way and do other things, you know? Um, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's these moments maybe that, that lead, or it might be these moments that, um, that lead to so much pain that, that cause a lot of people to step away from the faith. Where they're like, oh, I mean, I was just asking a question. I I didn't really know. I wasn't doubting your whole religion with my question. You know, I was just doing blah, 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 and people took it way too far. You know, I I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it's just like these are crucial moments in relationship where you can really lose people or you can handle handle hard conversations with grace and and win people, you know, (laughs) like – like yeah. build deeper relationship well, and show them you actually love them. And it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about your pride. It's about something greater than you, you know, and you can point towards, yeah. towards Jesus and be like, but for the grace of God, I'd be right where you are in this moment. We, we could change seats, you know? Um, yeah. Anyway, man. Yeah. Well, too, and like right along the same lines of those, like verse three is, you know, if anyone thinks they are something when they're not, you know, they deceive themselves. Yeah. Um, and along those lines of, you know, it's your text tech test your own actions. Like, yeah. I don't know if there's a more destructive thing, um, especially for leaders or anyone that has influence. So that's, 
you could have influence in almost every situation. You could have influence without a title. You could be a mom or dad. You could be, you know, you name it. You're going to have influence over somebody um, or some people or a group of people. Um, and I don't think there's anything more destructive than you being deceived of who you really are um, mm-hmm. and you functioning out of that. Like you're going to make more decisions to protect yourself. You're going to make more decisions to, um, that cause harm to other people because you think you've, you know, you're the cat's meow when it comes to whatever. Um, and in all reality, you're not, um, I'm not only that you suck at relationship. Um, and now you're just leaving a a path of destruction behind you, right? Like that, that could Mm -hmm. be the reality of it. And you have no idea because you've believed something about yourself that isn't true of yourself for so long. And that you've convinced yourself that it's true. Um, and now you're, you're living out of something you actually aren't and that, that that's a destructive pattern. Like that's going to cause harm to those, um, you're with and, and those you're around. Um, and to take a break, I don't know what Andrew's doing right now, but it sounds like he's peeing. So he might be peeing on the podcast and that's a first we've never had a podcast. Pee. I, uh, I am not peeing on the podcast. That's cool. That Sorry for the noise. It's, it's ballsy. Now I'm just like wondering all, all my mind went to is like, where, how's Andrew doing it? Like, does he have a cup and he's just doing it under his desk? Uh, is his microphone with him and he's in the bathroom and he's doing like pee on the sidewall of the toilet. So it There's doesn't no make the sounds. Pee. I don't know. It'd be you interesting. We should call it just right. Now. So there's no sounds. You get, you I was literally just, right? I just thought of something of sending my wife a text and you called it out as me peeing. That's ah, funny. Man. It sounded like water. <laughs> It's so funny. I was clicking very softly on my keyboard keys. Let's just say that. I was like trying to be discreet. Uh, yeah, it sounded, and literally it sounded like water was, was, was draining down something. Oh, that's uh, funny. I was impressed that's that you, were, you felt comfortable on this podcast and so safe <laughs> that you can urinate in front of you know, all, of our, all of our listeners. <laughs> if you known, I did not. Uh, oh. But going back to Andrew's point, like it, it's really important to do the work to understand who you really are, like to to test yourself and to test your behaviors and why you do certain things or why certain things come up. Like, you know, I'm in the middle of planning a church and we just sent a group of leaders um, to a conference. And, you know, the response that those leaders had to that conference was was pretty remarkable. Um, and in a lot of ways, it was like um it was humbling to me to be like, wow, like, look what God is doing. He's taking the vision and he's multiplying it in to others. Yeah. Like, and yeah. you know, it was a so substantial amount of people. And you're like, man, just think of the multiplication that's going to have from this as the vision continues, um, you know, to multiply mm-hmm. into other people. And, you know, we start to live out, you know, this disciple making strategy. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty impactful. One of those leaders, you know, texts me, you know, I'm really excited to hear the stories that come out of that conference, those two days. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's going to be a cool thing of like, oh yeah, this is when I got it, or this is when I started to get it. Um, and then be able to see the fruit of that, you know, in other people's lives, not even the, those leaders' lives, just the multiplication playing it up is going to be exciting. Um, yeah. But one of the leaders that went um, got to know, um, uh, a couple that, that leads a church up there and a pretty large church up in Denver. Yeah. Um, and then they made a couple of other connections. Uh, and in that moment I had the, what the hell? Like I'm the guy in charge. Like, why does he get to make all these connections? And I don't. Uh, and there's that <laughs> moment of like, Hey Josh, like humble yourself, like check your, 
check your actions and your motives here. Um, what's important? And you're like, oh, this is exactly what we need. Um, these connections, this support um, from individuals that have been living this for a long time. Um, who cares how it comes into to our community? Um, let's just embrace it. So there's that moment that I had checked my own heart and I had checked my own actions. Um, and it was a good thing that was playing out. We weren't talking about sin in that moment, um, but how quickly I went to sin um, because of my own pride and wanting to be, you know, whatever the, the hot shot, the big dog, whatever it ends up playing. Yeah. Like there's just a lot of cool things that God is doing to protect yeah. our community and to protect me. Um, as I try to lead this community uh, along with a couple of others um, to making sure that, that God's church is, is established as he wants it established. Um, it's just one of those cool moments. You're like, man, God, I haven't really done a lot. Uh, and yet you're sticking, you know, all these things are sticking. Um, but to keep those things going, to keep the culture yeah. intact and to see it continue to, to embed into people, uh, the practice of not just myself, but of our leaders is to constantly check our motives and constantly check ourselves um, as yeah. we start to see things come up um, and whether or not, you know, we're reacting to those things in an appropriate way that builds what we're trying to build rather than so easily if sin takes over, um, if we start to deceive ourselves of who we think we are when we're really not, um, the destruction that can cause, uh, in relationship, um, not just with, with others that we're in contact with, but with those that, you know, are outside of our, our church family. And then even those, uh, and then even our, our relationship with God and the effects that it has on there thinking we're so much better than we actually are. We don't need God, right? Like that's eventually yeah. where you get to. And right where you started before you met Jesus, um, you know, I could do this on my own, right? <clears throat> um, yeah. You eventually get back there. Um, if you're not careful of constantly checking your own pride, your own motives, uh, and then it goes right into the second part of, of that verse in verse four, uh, they take a pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Um, so taking pride in what God is doing in you and through you without looking around you to saying, Hey, how do I rank up? How do I, how do I stack up against you know, everyone else around me, am I more godly than they are? Because, you know, I'm not killing people and smoking crack. You're like, no, because sure. If the circumstances were different, I grew up in a different family. I might be smoking crack and killing people. Mm. Um, that's a possibility. I go down the wrong path and I might end up at that place where I'm smoking crack and killing people because I need more crack. Uh, I don't know <laughs> the addiction of crack, so I don't mean to make light of it, but uh, <laughs> I think the illustration works. Not as uh, so there's that piece of it too. Yeah. Like, you could easily end up where they are. So, so be careful, um, be careful to, to take pride in something that you actually have no pride in because yes, um, you didn't do anything for it. Right. Um, and then Dude, you know, everyone should have, carry their own load. Have, can I ask you what might seem like a random question? Have you ever like had the chance to like be at an Alcoholics Anonymous uh, meeting or like sit in on that? Not an Alcoholics Anonymous, but an Al-Anon meeting I've been in before. Okay. I, I haven't Which been is like time. those that have been affected by people that have alcoholism. Like I've been to an okay. Al-Anon meeting. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, no, I had a buddy who uh, in high school had like some minor possession charges of a drug and had to do like all this community service and a bunch of stuff and attending Alcoholics Anonymous was one of the things. But he couldn't drive, so uh, I took him to a couple of the meetings and just was like, "Well, I'll just go in and stay because, like, you're my friend, and I don't know, I'm kind of interested, yeah. even though this seems scary." But 
it like you know this from like shows and movies where it's like um, you're s- sitting around the circle and it's usually like everybody has like coffee to drink or whatever and like just you know nothing glamorous but uh somebody will be like hi my name's john and everybody stops and says hi john you know like or like welcome john mm-hmm. or something like that and it's just the simple simple thing of like everybody knows exactly why categorically why everybody else is there you know like oh there's yeah. been addiction it's got to a breaking point and you're you're seeking recovery like you need people yeah. to recover you know and it's like it's this beautiful reaction where like the immediate thing is to not just say oh man like john's an alcoholic too like or, i can't believe john's here you know it's not that it's like hey like welcome man like we let's yeah. get better together you know let's work through this. And it's just, and there's a whole framework around how they do that. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's other support networks too, but, but it's just this, we should be, be a little bit more like that. Like we should learn some lessons from even simple things like that, where it's like you catch somebody in a, a blatant sin, you, whatever it is, small or large, it's like you have a chance to, to, to live out, this Jesus life or to make them question if this Jesus life is even a real thing uh, in that moment, every time, small or large. My, my two-year-old's been acting crazy. She's been intentionally causing trouble. And I say intentionally because she's like two, but she's doing things she knows she shouldn't do. And it drives us up a wall, but it's like, I can scream at her and, and make her really scared, but like, is that going to help? Like, no, that's just going to scare her and make her think I got to hide this stuff when I do it. So I'm working through like, yeah. how do I, yeah. how do I address these things in her life for the most possible yeah. good in her life, you know, and, and, and in a way yeah. that shows that I love her and I care about her and I want her to understand and, and see why these are the rules and understand the concept behind it and that we love her, you know, but that extrapolate yeah. that to adults and sin and, and regular life, like, there's a lot there, you know, so how we react when we have the chance to feel like the high and mighty person, I think is just as important or even more important than how we react in moments where we're caught. Uh, I think both sides are important, but whether you're the one committing the sin that you want to hide or you're the one discovering the sin somebody else doesn't want you to see, um, there it's, it's an important moment. It's a holy moment where you can push somebody towards God or real far from them. Um, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I, I wonder that too. Like if you could, uh, using your daughter as an example, like the power of the gospel in your daughter's life, if you're able to correct her sin, um, or at least address it because you, like she has to make the correction. Um, sure. that if you could address her sin with such care and love, um, as the father would with us, um, how much stronger of a believer in the gospel she would be, um, you know, as, as an adult and continue to live that out. Like I, I had a conversation with um, a, a guy that was in his early twenties and he was talking about how his parents raised him and what they did. And this was probably more like outside of children's ages. So you're like moving into the teenage years where your parenting starts to shift and change. And it's less about um, discipline and, and more about conversation. Um, but, he 
was talking through just how his mom, you know, would show dis, you know, um, uh, dissatisfaction or um, a disappointment um, in those decisions. Um, and it was important for her to talk through um, why the decision was made and not in a way of like, um, uh, let me put you down in a way, but a way of like, Hey, I want to generate help you. Like, so if this happens again, what would be the decision you make and how would you get to that decision? Um, and then talking about the gospel with this individual, um, and how he was able to make those connections of like, man, you have a better understanding of the gospel because of how your mom raised you um, than a lot of Christians do because they think God's just up there, you know, hovering his hand over the smite button where he wants to just take you out. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's important to, to address it in, in a way. And oftentimes, like, if you're getting angry with your child because they keep doing something, it keeps pissing you off, like, it, it'd be worth the evaluation to dig in. Why is it pissing you off? I would guess it's bringing up some previous pain in your life that you haven't dealt with. So either he's reminding you of yourself and the things that, that piss you off about your behavior, or he's reminding you about a relationship in the past that's triggering things. Um, there's probably a reason why, you know, your immediate response is anger when your child does something that, that, you know, um, would be wrong or we would call yeah. sin, whatever it happens to be. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, you have five more minutes. That's nice. I was trying to figure yeah. out how to end it and then close it, but we have five more minutes to talk about something. I'm sorry. What do you want to talk about? I realized I got a few, dude, I realized I got a few more minutes. You have I'm a sorry. meeting that starts um, at 1205. I mean, uh, it's like whatever time it is. That, but I have, I have prep. I think it's 1210, uh, 210 start time. Dude, time zones throw me weird, real. That's real a hard. weird, um, that's a weird start time to be not on an hour, a half hour. We're trying to do a thing where we're not, uh, as if this is totally not related to this Jesus Life podcast, but we're trying to do a thing where we're not because most people start them on the half hour or an hour. So if you start a little bit off, like 10, 15 minutes, then you yeah. kind of build in a break for people um, yeah. by default because most people are like, well, I have 15. 10 minutes. I'm going to go grab coffee or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 15 yeah. makes sense. Cause at least it's like, <laughs> it's a quarter of an hour. Um, I'm going to adjust our recording time Five, and make ten. it start. Like I'm going to adjust our recording time and start it at like one Oh seven Eastern time. I, I had a, <laughs> I had a pastor buddy that when he created uh, events, he would make it at like 1101 or 1103, yeah. like an odd number. Cause he was convinced it would help people remember the time. It still didn't mean they showed up on time, but, um, so I don't but you're like still it talking it, about but, it. I don't know. I'm still talking about <laughs> might it. Work. I don't remember what uh, any of those times were, but it might work. Funny. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I only started times tell them that worship started that 30 relate. minutes earlier. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I only start on verses. I I start my best meeting of the day at 3.16 every time. Um, <laughs> and I open with John 3.16 because I am a super Christian. Uh, anyway, silly. Um, That's fine. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I'm glad we went slow on this chunk of Galatians 6. I think... There's a lot of good stuff ahead in the next, probably just next week. I, I doubt we'd spread this into two for, to finish the chapter, but like what's coming is, is a real deep dive or a, a, a semi deep dive of us focusing on this idea of like reaping what you sow 
and, and it's it's farmers' terms, you know. Like you put in pumpkin seeds, yeah. pumpkins are going to come out. You put in uh, some other type of seeds, you can't claim it's going to be pumpkins because you can say that when it's tiny, but hey, it comes out and shows itself at some point. Um, so yeah. we'll talk about that idea and a few others in next week to kind of finish this out. But I don't know, yeah. man. I guess I, I just hope that this coming week as I'm confronted with the moment where I'm caught in a sin or have the chance to catch somebody in a sin or even just catch my daughter doing something she knows she shouldn't do, even if it's far from a sin, you know, it's just an annoyance to mom and dad. So we made a rule. Yeah. Um, I just hope <laughs> I remember this in, in how, uh, in how I react, you know, cause I'm like, if nothing else, you can you can build up a relationship or tear one down in these moments. They're they're seminal in one way or another. So um, yeah. I'm glad we spent some time on this, man. Yeah, that's good. And it's also like you know we we broke this verse down a lot, um, which can actually be dangerous to break verses down like this um, if you're not careful careful to pay attention to the bigger scope of of the right. conversation or what. Paul's trying to get across. And in this case, what he's trying to get across is live this life in, in, in line and foster relationship with Jesus in faith, rather than trying to live this life by a book of rules and laws. Um, because that's going to end up, you're going to end up in a place that, that you didn't thought you didn't expect to end up like this. This life is about relationship. It's relationship, relationship with God, relationship with one another and how we do those things the best of our possible, you know, uh, we possibly can and how we continue to get better and better. Um, at um, leaning into those things and in our lives. Uh, and that's the Jesus life. How do I foster a better relationship with God and better relationship with people? And if I come in with a heavy hammer, you know, pointing out everybody's sin just for the sake of being right, uh, yeah, I'm going to destroy a lot of relationships in the wake of that. And I would argue those go directly against uh, the great commandments that God said everything lies in, loving God and loving people. But Hey, those that listen, we do greatly appreciate it. Share this out with your friends and family. Um, post it to your social medias and let people know, hey, I listened to this Jesus Life podcast this week. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the things that you enjoy about it, others may enjoy about it as well. And Andrew and I will be super appreciative that you shared it out. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us. And we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.